Hello, we are five days into the lockdown level three, which is um, very much like level four. Like they say, it's a, it's the level four with takeaways, which is pretty accurate because nothing really has changed in our life. We are still home, still working from home. Kids are home with us, trying to do school from home, all that, all that stuff that's happening everywhere in the world as I understand the moment um, and while it was kind of nice to be in level four and wait for that that deadline that end of it because it, we had this sort of preset timeline of one month so we knew that was going to end at that point and then something else would come and it wasn't clear for the most part of that month what the level three would actually look like and how you know how much of our old lives we could get back and there was a lot of caution about it and people were saying no no it's it's not going to be that different and that's kind of how we I think prepared ourselves for the change but it still doesn't kind of change the fact that it was quite underwhelming really <laughs> I'm looking at this level three now. Um, I have to say, it's it's a bit um, same, same, but different, like they say in the design world. Um, so it really looks the same, except for a few annoying little additions that I could have actually. Well, I I would have rather done without, to be honest. I would have rather just stayed in level four with the clarity that it had than having this sort of lockdown that we still are in but with people queuing for takeaways standing way too close together and and then having to dodge other people when I go for a walk because they can now drive short distances to do their daily walking and everybody goes to the lake which is um within walking distance from us so we've been doing it for the whole level four we go we walk around the lake we come back it's a nice one hour or so if you just walk if you run it's shorter but I'm yeah I don't run um but what's happening now is everyone's coming there in their cars some don't even seem to walk they just get their takeaways which is that the one thing we now can get um, and then they sit in their cars and they eat their takeaways by the lake so you just kind of you walk there and you smell a lot of uh, exhaust fumes and and curry and stuff like that it's just yeah it's kind of like the level four but with with more air pollution and the smell of Indian food everywhere it's it's just um I don't know I kind of preferred that nice fresh air and sort of the the empty walkways and relative quiet that was before so yeah I'm waiting for the level two let's see if that actually brings something back to my life that I used to enjoy because right I, I wasn't that big on takeaways to be honest we've been enjoying HelloFresh boxes every other week now and it's they're quite expensive I used to only order them when I could get it half price like 50% off 
so it would be like $50 for three meals. And I thought that's good, but now I'm paying like $100 for three meals. And it's, it's like restaurant pricing, but at the same time, if you order takeaways, then you don't really get that quality of food and you get all that packaging. And right now when we do all that click and collect grocery shopping and and everything has to be ordered online, we're like, we're drowning in the packaging material. And that's the one thing I hate about takeaways is that it just you end up with this packaging it doesn't matter if it's plastic or cardboard or whatever it could be as compostable as anything but it still isn't nice when there's too much of it so you when you go for a walk and people go and eat their takeaways and then leave the rubbish all over the place it's just it's spilling out of every rubbish bin out there it's just disgusting anyway so we yeah we've been enjoyed just cooking at home really I enjoy those meals that I don't have to think about so if there's a recipe in all the ingredients I I'm capable of following instructions I'm not creative in the kitchen I'm creative elsewhere and the kitchen is just a place where I try to do what has to be done and as quickly as possible and I'm not as quick as Sammy he's the he's the speed cooking master of the family I'm just the one who kind of doubles long tries to get stuff done yeah <laughs> those meal kits work really well for me like I'm I think I'm the ideal customer for that other than I'm kind of stingy and don't want to splurge on them but in lockdown it feels like that's the one treat you can afford you can kind of allow when you're not spending on anything else like takeaway coffees or anything <laughs> driving around um, but yeah, now we um, have the freedom to get takeaways, and we haven't actually done it even once. I was I'm still under kind of a little bit of confusion over whether it's a good idea to use something like Uber Eats, even after they dropped their fees and caved under under pressure, and are trying to I think support small businesses with you know their service. And everything is it still like are there still better options that we should be using because I asked this question on Facebook and I got a few different answers and I kind of waded through them and downloaded some apps and realized that there were like three restaurants listed on each and it seems like there's no cohesion that's very hard to actually order anything if you want to really support the restaurant and not these multinational services that do all the um, deliveries and organize all that stuff plus there's the, the enormous amount of packaging as well and then it's it's not as nutritious most likely if unless you order something really super fancy I think at the moment in Auckland some Michelin star chefs are doing their own takeaways <laughs> where they come and like the chef himself will bring it to your door I have no idea how much this would cost you for an arm and a leg but I suppose if you've been inside cooped up for four months for four weeks and you are you know desperate to spend your money on something because you just have so much money that oh my god I don't know what to do with it yeah I don't know any people who had this problem but maybe there are some 
at the moment I think most people that I know at least are very cautious about their spending is there's just no guarantee that there will be work in the future and we just don't know and then I will I can (laughs) very awkwardly segue into um, this thing that I want to talk about which is the end inside like the deadlines and right now this I think my major issue with level three is that we haven't really been given any firm end date for this and I understand that it's very hard to do and we kind of have to go with the numbers and what's happening and all that but um I don't know it's it's the same thing that I kind of struggle with in writing and anything creative that I do I need there to be a deadline like I work to deadlines deadlines are the one thing that drives me and this is probably why I love things like the 48 hour film festival which I love so much that we ended up taking that concept to those who don't know we took that concept from New Zealand and then took it over to Finland and set it set up the national competition over there um, in 2008 and it's been going on since then which is a fairly long time which is impressive not because we did it but because we found other people who are better running it right now so it's impressive that it's still going um, and I yeah I love that that concept is so powerful because it forces you to get something done and finished and in the, at the end of it you have something that you can show for yourself you say oh I spent a weekend I made a made a short film here it is it's not perfect but some of those films are very good and not the ones that I've made but it's but some of them end up amazing and whatever you end up making you you do finish something and it's just that feeling is amazing in itself plus it's an amazing experience with other people and something yeah it's got that social aspect that is completely missing from our lives at the moment so it's got that amazing appeal <laughs> I have to I have one comp- um, confession to make and because I my listenership is so small I feel pretty confident that I can just tell you guys that we went out today and kind of met with friends not like inside anywhere or we could maybe argue and if the police asks I will just say that we ran into them but there was some organizing involved and we ended up having um, coffees together at the lake just sitting on the steps well apart kind of there were at least two meters between us and the kids played and you know keeping quite a distance even the baby was let to kind of wander around and for a little bit stopped at least two meters from the strangers like like walk around and stop and look at them smile and then turn around and come back to us so it's like like he's which is quite a scary thought that our one-year-old has kind of grasped the idea of social distancing and internalized it so well that he will automatically do that without actually anyone stopping him or telling him what to do 
and it's not like he's a very cautious or well-behaved child when he's at home he will get to any place anything he will, he's he's industrious in his endeavors when he comes like he, he's trying to climb as high as he can basically anywhere and things fall down he you know he reaches things that you never think so we have to keep like pushing the dining chairs out of the table somewhere where he can't like climb on the chair and get to some other place because he will just climb as high as he can go um so yeah he's he's a fearless child but now he seems to be very cautious of strangers and i i just wonder if this is an actual effect of the lockdown and the fact that he hasn't been physically close to any any anyone else than his family and there's only four of us all together so it's a very small unit and uh, yeah i'm just wondering if this is happening to any other kids or any any other like kids who are in that age that they they are still trying to grasp how the world operates and what their place is in it and what's normal what's not what's safe what's not what should be done or not it's kind of it scares me that the idea that he might he will not know a world before COVID-19 he will not remember anything that was before so this will be his whole entire reality what is that going to look like what is he going to think when he's older how is he going to see the world it's just it's fascinating and kind of also scary nerve-wracking as a mother as a parent because what there's nothing i can do about it in that sense i i can't change this reality for him it's, it's going to be what it's going to be and he's i trust that he's obviously adaptable because kids are highly adaptable but it's just <laughs> yeah it's it's making me nervous um let's just come back to the deadlines and the idea of having an end inside because i'm i'm at the same time kind of feeling very lucky that these activities that i mostly spend my days doing um, especially when I have free time, which are just reading and writing, <laughs> um, I can I can still come up with deadlines that work for me, and I can I can kind of work to them even if they're sort of arbitrary and I don't know when things are going to change to what. I can make it work for me, and I feel feel lucky that I can do that because when you look at arts like filmmaking, TV, anything. Um, else it's been heavily impacted by this pandemic and now I feel like um, it, I don't know it's I don't know how things are actually going to change for everyone else in doing all these other art forms like music and theater and film and tv it's it's almost like some of these things have completely vanished or they've changed so fundamentally that i don't know 
if it's ever going to come back in the way that it was. So we have these like gigs on Facebook now, and we have choirs and singers recording in their individual homes, which is a lovely idea. It's lovely that they're adapting and trying to do something in this environment, but at the same time, it's just not the same. Like it, we just can't, yeah, we can't get the same experience. Whereas when I'm writing and reading and doing my those things, they actually haven't changed. That my the act of writing is pretty much the same. I sit at my computer and I write. And now reading, um, this is one thing that is changing for me personally. I've found that for beta reading other people's books, which I love doing, and I'm currently reading two uh, two books um, that are I'm enjoying both of them but I feel like I don't have enough time in the day to actually read and get like get ahead in that so I could like give them feedback in a timely fashion and I found the solution <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work for anyone else but I found um, that I can listen to the beta book at least especially the one that is in a word file that I've just downloaded on my phone I can listen to that read by AI whilst I'm walking or cooking dinner or doing something else so that's actually and it actually speeds up my reading because I can speed up the (laughs) the speed you know speed of the AI that's reading it so it's it sounds a little bit robotic monotonic kind of funny but at the same time it is fast and you can kind of follow I can follow the story and it's funny how your mind can just turn off the the filtering for the you know intonation and how they're presenting and what you know what's happening in that sense I find that it's it's actually quite tolerable you can kind of because you just focus on the content of the story you're not focusing on the how they are presenting it to you it's not it's not a an audio play or anything it's just somebody reading text and sometimes I, I hear something in it and I kind of like correct that sentence in my head right after I've heard it and it comes alive and sounds better in my head but it's just a just a simple delivery mechanism of the words and I find it it's it's working quite well so (laughs) I'm quite excited that I've discovered a way to do reading in a way that frees my hands because I I talked about this earlier I was trying to get into dictating being able to dictate instead of typing just for similar reasons and that didn't really work out. The app kept crashing on me, and and not and also not understanding half of what I said, which led me to believe that my accent is incomprehensible. But yeah, I've moved on to that from that to reading in that way, and it feels like that's still a big win, even if I can't write. And dictate whilst I walk. If I can do all my reading that way, then it frees up a lot of time that I would otherwise be reading, not just beta reading books, but anything else that I need to get through, like 
sometimes even like a, a contents of a website if you listen to them read out loud you might pick up stuff that you otherwise don't hear and this is one thing I'm wondering like if I put my own book that I'm currently working on and just finished finishing up the third round of rewriting it that seems like this is finally nailing at least yeah getting there really I feel like it but if I took that uh, manuscript and put it on my phone and made the AI read it to me read it back to me like would I notice stuff that I otherwise don't I'm wondering if this was would it also help with the finished book once it's back from the editor a lot final time if that would help me then um, work on an audio version of the book that I could then get made as an audio book I'm not planning on reading it myself definitely not like nobody wants to hear me <laughs> read my own book but if I pay for someone to do it and it's quite expensive you have to kind of spend quite a lot of money beforehand up front to get your book made into an audiobook but then there's a good chance of making some money back when because the audiobook market is apparently a very good one to get into um so it's something that in the long 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 term I'm planning on doing <laughs> maybe when I once I've made actually made some money with my books because I haven't really made much at all and lately I haven't yeah put any effort into it because I'm trying to get my first book edited professionally edited as well and then release that again as a new edition and and then go for the new, the second one um so that's my yeah long-term plan very 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 long-term plan is to get audiobooks done um but i'm wondering the soul like if i get used to listening to ai read and it's getting better at it anyway maybe that's a good way to pick up things that you otherwise would miss and maybe make some adjustments for the book prepare it for audio reading that kind of thing and also like pick up mistakes and weird things that you might want to fix because um as um a friend who read my first book told me she was reading it out loud to her daughter and she picked up some mistakes that I had noticed or anyone else hadn't noticed until then I think precisely because she was reading it out loud and that's when you just notice different things like when you actually have to read something you your mind picks up things that you'd otherwise miss so I'm yeah it's fascinating only getting into this so we'll see how how much that will help or how many applications to this there are I would tell you now the name of the app that I used because I tried a few different ones for reading and some didn't work very well at all. Um, I'm not 100% sure what the name was, but yeah, I might mention it in the next one. <laughs> but yeah, that, I think this that also um, depends on what you want to use it for. Um, I wanted something that can read different formats so I had to really look look around to find something that understands that the formats that I have um, like like a word file that some people insist on using I hate word but hey it is the it seems to be the 
standard in the industry. So a lot of writers sent their manuscripts as a Word file and then I have to be able to either, well, convert that into a PDF or read the Word file. And some people need to just read shorter texts and there's the inbuilt mechanism and most, I think, Android phones and, and, and iPhones have their own kind of reader that under the accessibility accessibility menu and your settings you can turn that on um so you have this little bubble on your screen and anything you want to read on the screen you touch the bubble and just go play and it plays it but it plays it really poorly if you are trying to read a long document like a multi-page pdf or a doc file and it kind of like it reads what's on the page and then it it stops because it can't go from one page to the next and you have to select the next page and go again and then it starts kind of lagging and putting you back on the previous page and reading it again and it's, it's stupid so it's good that there are apps that actually do this well um so that's that would that would be the thoughts from today I wish I had more wisdom to share. I don't really. Um, but I give my best to anyone who's doing any kinds of art in lockdown, especially those who are not um, able to do what they usually do because it's all illegal and limited and whatever it is at the moment. I, I really I feel, I feel that pain. I am very very lucky that I can still write and I can still read and I have to say I enjoy those Facebook gigs even though it's not the same I hope that the bands that I love still keep doing it just tonight we turned in to hear uh, Paper Cranes my favorite favorite New Zealand band play a Facebook live session and they they played Sammy's favorite song, which is "Come Sweet Sleep," and that's very appropriate for late at night. <laughs> it's such a beautiful song. And they also played my favorite, which is "Heartbeat." So, if you're curious, just go on Paper Crane's Facebook page and have a listen. All my five listeners, whoever ends up listening to this, <laughs> be well be well try to keep going all the best and i'll talk to you next time bye